I want to crash straight in. I've got quite a long word. Uh, it's not long for you. It just means I've got to push on through um, fast, which is good. There's nothing worse than a speaker that just dilly-dallys about. Is, is there? And, and you're looking at your watches thinking, hang on, lunch is coming. Lunch is coming. Let's get on with it. Yeah. So I've uh, got, a, got a really uh, w- a great word, um, like inspiring and uh, so I just want to pick it up in uh, John verse 1, 1 John verse 1, it says, uh, sorry, it's just John 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I think I've shared with you guys before, uh, some years ago when I was in the police, uh, I um, stupidly put myself forward to be a crash test dummy during some training. And it, it was back in the days when pepper spray was being introduced to the police. Have I told that story? I thought I had. I've spoken so much that sometimes, and my memory is fading uh, faster every day, and so sometimes I think I've told that story, and, and but it might have been two years ago, somewhere completely different. Well, we were doing pepper spray training or OC spray, uh, and I went along to it, and one thing that uh, they like to do during training is actually have people volunteer to be the offender or the subject. So I put my, uh, when it came and someone had to step forward or put their hand up, I put my hand up. And so my job was to be a nasty offender and to basically attack uh, or imitate attacking a police officer and they would spray me with pepper spray. And it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, neutralized pepper spray it was the real deal the full strength stuff and and so I thought um I thought well I'm going to do this properly now pepper spray is designed to work on two two things one is crazy wild animals like uh dogs vicious dogs and bears and wolves and killer chickens and killer rabbits and that. Any of you that have seen Monty Python, it, I'm, I hear it's very good on killer rabbits. The second group is, is people that are, are particularly deranged in the mind, very aggressive and just will not uh, listen to instructions and will not basically stop. And so other means have to be used to help appease them. Well, I decided that uh, it was one of my colleagues, uh, Wishy was his nickname, and, and I thought, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get him. So uh, the, I think he was thinking I would come at him. He would spray me. I'd go, oh, no, it's in my eyes. Drop to the ground. And I thought, this isn't going to happen on my watch. Uh, it, it's noted that people that are very task-focused – can actually withstand uh, tear gas and pepper spray, and I just happen at times to be a little bit task focused. So, so he he tells me I'm under arrest, and I and I said light heck pig, you know, and started going for him, and he pulls out his spray and says stop or I'll spray, and I just keep going. So he sprays it in my eyes, and he just keeps spraying, and I keep chasing him, and I I end up grabbing him, but by then he's he's wasted probably three quarters of a tube. Uh, which is now in my eyes, and so I, 
I grab him and I think, what do I do now? I've just achieved my purpose. Oh no, I've got pepper spray in my eyes, fall to the ground. And uh, at that point, uh, when I stopped, suddenly the realization came to my brain that I had pepper spray in my eyes and it really, really hurt. Uh, what it does is it actually in- inflames um, all the veins in your eyes and that. It's actually capsicum spray, so uh, a mild form of, of pepper or, or um, chilies. And uh, it basically makes everything uh, very, very uncomfortable. If you imagine uh, onions timed by about three or four in your eyes, and it, it, it um, gives you a lot, lot of anxiety because it starts to make you feel, you, well, one, you can't see. The other one is uh, it starts to mess up your head um, as to what's going on with your breathing and that. So it actually causes you to feel a little bit more anxious than that. And although it's not life-threatening, it messes with your head. So here I am afterwards getting the aftercare, uh, which is basically just getting drowned in a bucket of water, and people washing it, trying to wash it all out and spraying a neutralizer in, which I reckon just doesn't work. Um, I, it, technically it works and it's designed to work, but I found it of no benefit. Just cold water seemed to be best. But it, uh, Gina will tell you, 24 hours later, my eyes were still bloodshot like I was Dracula. Uh, they were still sore 24 hours later. Um, but I had... I had really earned respect and kudos with my colleagues uh, because I went the mile and I actually uh, got to go a lot further than they thought I'd be able to. Uh, I want to talk about someone else who was blind today. Um, it seems a fitting way to introduce. And, and uh, it's the character of Saul that we read about in the Bible uh, in the book of Acts. And I just want to look through some of Saul's conversion, uh, talk about Saul a little bit, and just look at some learning points that we can actually get from Saul. So Saul, actually, the first time he's spoken of in the Bible, actually pops up at the time when Stephen was martyred. So uh, not a great time. So basically, Stephen is there preaching about the kingdom of God, and he's preaching to the Jews, and and he hits a point where they just are so angry at what he's telling them that they decide they're going to stone him to death. And, and it says that Stephen looks uh, full of the Holy Spirit, looks up into heaven, sees an open heaven, sees Jesus standing beside God. And, uh, and basically at that point, he's stoned to death. And he says that he can see heaven open and God and Jesus and that. And it says that people uh, covered their ears. Uh, they didn't want to hear that account. And they uh, dragged, grabbed him and dragged him out of town. And the people who were witnesses and I guess people who were stoning him and that, it says that they laid their coats that they had at the foot of a man called Saul. That's the very first time Saul is mentioned in the Bible. He held, he stood there and he looked after their coats. And, and it said, um, later on it says, this is Paul's account and that, but it says, uh, and it says at the start of this chapter as well, uh, and it's Acts chapter 8 that we're looking at, Saul agreed that the killing of Stephen was a good thing. Some godly men buried Stephen and cried loudly for him. So basically, Saul was, was a zealot 
uh, a fanatical, radical Jew who did not believe in the way, did not believe in Jesus, did not believe in anything that the disciples were teaching or preaching or trying to persuade people to do. He believed they should be uh, caught, arrested, imprisoned, and executed. And, and at different times, he said all that, all that stuff. So I just want to work through because he actually got saved. And, and most of us uh, will know this, but some of us may not. And it's a good reminder to all of us anyway, uh, that the people that we think are furthest away from God, God still has a plan for. Isn't that exciting? The worst examples of what we want to become uh, what we don't want to become in this case Saul a person who is murdering um, Christians and that active God-fearing Christians and God-loving Christians we we just would never want to be like that but God still had a plan for Saul and that that is an exciting thing so I'll just read through basically the the account of his salvation and what happened to him and then so as I said, it's Acts um, chapter 8 that I'm reading from. And, uh, and it said, I'll read it again, but it says, Saul agreed that the killing of Stephen was a good thing. Some godly men buried Stephen and cried loudly for him. And then on that day, the Jews began to, percu- uh, to persecute the church in Jerusalem, making them suffer very much. Saul was also trying to destroy the group. He went into their houses, dragged out their men and women and put them in jail. All the believers left Jerusalem. Only the apostles stayed. The believers went to different places in Judea and Samaria. They were scattered everywhere. And in the places they went, they told people the good news. I've often heard uh, people teach that Although this was never God's plan, God used this as a way to spread his gospel because basically all the believers were gathered in uh, one sort of place and through persecution they scattered and as a result the gospel scattered with it, which God can use uh, in a great way. So that is, um, that's just a, a by-thought. Chapter 9 says, In Jerusalem, Saul was still trying to scare the followers of the Lord, even saying he would kill them. He went to the high priest and asked him to write letters to the synagogues in the city of Damascus. Saul wanted the high priest to give him the authority to find people in Damascus who were followers of the way. If he found any believers there, men or women, he would arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem. Now, when it talks about them being placed in prison, prison was just the first step. They would have been very uh, mistreated, probably tortured and killed in many of the ways that it accounts in Acts, everything from beheadings to crucif- um, crucifixions to uh, being boiled, stoned, um, cut up, um, all kinds of... Uh, the Romans were tremendously creative, uh, in their ways of cruelty and execution. Um, so Paul went to Damascus. When he came near the city, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 
my big dilemma here has been what kind of voice do you put on when it's, when it's meant to be a voice from heaven? What should it sound like? Uh, should it be low and thunderous? Oh, so why do you persecute me? Or, or should it be, I don't know, I, but I spent a lot of time anguishing over what voice should I use for that to add impact? So I have no idea, so I read it normally. Uh, uh, the voice, uh, Saul said, who are you, Lord? And the voice said, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Get up now and go to the city. Someone there will tell you what you must do. The man traveling with Saul just stood there, unable to speak. They heard the voice, but they saw no one. Saul got up from the ground and opened his eyes, but he could not see. Thought number one. Legalism and arrogance makes you blind. Legalism and arrogance makes you blind. There's story after story after story in the Bible about people who became arrogant and legalistic and and the, the death that basically it brings, the fact that they become spiritually blind and uh, just two quick accounts that I want to give you is one is in judges sixteen twenty one and it's the story of Samson and delilah and and uh, you'll know um, you may know the the story of it, but Basically, uh, Samson goes a long way away from God and just lives however he wants to live. And, and if you read, uh, manage to read that account in Judges um, 16, he is just so rebellious and uh, just no honor for God and respect for him. And it ends up at, at uh, verse 21. It says, Then the Philistine seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him in the grinding grain in prison. But the hair on his head began to grow after it had been shaved. And you'll know that uh, it got to a point where his, his super strength that he had returned and his last and parting act was to tear the pillars down, killing as many as he could and himself in the action. So... A very sad ending uh, through his arrogance. And Jesus speaks about basically pride and, and arrogance in the same kind of way. He In uh, Matthew chapter 7, he says, and this is about passing judgment on others, looking at others. And he says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye or sister's eye? Pay no attention and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother or sister, uh, let, uh, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will clearly see to be able to remove it from your brother's or sister's eye. So back to Paul. So the people that were with him, and, and he's blind now, they took him to Damascus, uh, Damascus. And learning point two, vision comes when we seek God and are willing to be led. Vision comes when we seek God and are willing to be led. I've often found with God that, that God, I don't, I don't know, God just, 
doesn't always tell me where I'm going. He doesn't always tell me where everything's going to end up in that. But I find that once I start walking the journey, he starts giving me more of the things that I need to know. How many have played those uh, video games in that where you set out on a journey and you don't have all you need? Pretty much every game we play today from Tomb Raider through to whatever's popular today. And that is about the whole thing is about actually uh, not only achieving the, the challenge, uh, getting to the destination, but also... Uh, gathering the the, the um, equipment that you need, the special powers that you need, the, the power packs, the healing packs, all that kind of stuff along the way. But it doesn't happen unless you start the journey. You can't get any of that stuff until you get to the place where you go. And I often uh, have said in past that you, the best way to start a journey is actually to take a step. If you don't know how to start, step one is a great place. I find when we get on a bike and we start pedaling, God starts steering the bike. And this is the case. This is what I'm talking about here. Vision comes when we seek God and are willing to lead and be led or be led and lead. Carrying on, chapter 9. For three days, Saul could not see. He did not eat or drink. Uh, there was a follower in Damascus named Ananias, 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 mind, mind games, Ananias. In a vision, the Lord said to him, Ananias, Ananias answered, here am I, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight Street. I wonder if it had a curve in it. Anyone wonder that? Why would they call it Straight Street? I head up there, take straight street. Okay, what made straight street straight? Find the house of Judas and ask him for a man, ask there for a man named Saul from the city of Tarsus. He is there now praying. He has seen a vision in which a man named Ananias Ananias, came and laid hands on him so that he could see again. But Ananias answered, Lord, many people have told me about this man. They told me about the many bad things he did to your holy people in Jerusalem. Now he has come here to Damascus. The leading priests have given him the power to arrest all people who trust you. I think Ananias was uh, pretty freaked out that he was getting set up here. Learning point number three, or thought number three, Often daylight comes, uh, daylight comes bef- before daylight comes nighttime, but joy comes in the morning. Now, what I mean by that is before God breaks through, th- things can seem very, very bleak at times. And we should never think, oh, things look so bad that God can never move. I, my experience is when things look worst, that is where we need to get excited because God's about to do something really, really big. So uh, this week we had the third reading of uh, the uh, assisted suicide bill go through Parliament and it was passed by uh, uh, by Parliament and will go off to um, a, a um, vote uh, next year at election. This could be concerning to some, but to me... 
it's an opportunity for God to move. You know, one of the things I realize that the Bible says that things are going to get worse in the world. The things, you know, darkness is going to come more. People are going to love heading into darkness more. And so we shouldn't lose heart when we see it actually happen. The temptation is that we keep trying to overcome it and make the world a better place. And I'm not saying that we don't, that we don't resist that kind of stuff, but we need to take heart that the, the Bible needs to actually play out. And the darker New Zealand gets is actually, although it's a, there's a downside there, there's actually an opportunity for the church to shine greater than it has before. When there's more suffering, there's more opportunity for God to heal, for God to do miracles, for God to work, for, for people to come up and say there's a better way. There's someone who can set you free from that. But, but if everything's going rosy, why would I even consider that there's a God that cares about me or has a better plan? Life's already good. But when things are really bad and, and everything's going down the toilet and, that, and someone comes up and says, there's a God that can turn your life around, uh, change this whole situation, there's a purpose for your life and a plan uh, to make everything better, then I might take notice of that. So uh, God can break through. I've heard people say uh, previously, you know, when, when mankind gives up, God can take over. And I've often found that in times of miracles and that. And, and uh, you know, my experience has been that, that God moves basically any time, any time he wants. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason that I'm aware of. There's nothing that I've seen that says God will move at this time and not that time and God will move at that time and not that. God just does what God wants. <laughs> As, as the Bible says, his ways are above ours. We don't, we don't even understand the, the, the level of chessboard that God is on. He's so far ahead of the 50,000 chessboard moves we can, we can even uh, consider. He's miles ahead and we can never figure it out. So we shouldn't expect to be able to. And it's kind of comfort. I, f- I find it kind of comfortable knowing that, that, that I'm not going to understand everything. That kind of gives me peace because I can stop trying. I can just trust in God. And that becomes the next challenge is to trust in God, to trust God. So just reading on a little bit long more. But the Lord said uh, to Ananias, go I have chosen Saul for an important work. I want to tell other nations, their rulers and the people of Israel about me. I will show him all that he must suffer for me. So Ananias left and went to the house of Judah. He laid hands on Saul and said, My brother, uh, Saul, my brother, the Lord sent me. Here's the one you saw on the road when you came here. He sent me so that you can see again and also be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something that looked like fish scales fell off Saul's eyes. He was able to see. Then he got up and was baptized. After that he ate and he began to feel strong again. Saul stayed with the followers of Jesus in Damascus for a few days. And obviously they talked and he learned and they told him stuff and that. And up comes thought number four. 
doing what God wants is not always easy, but obedience is not an option. Doing what God wants is not always easy, but obedience is not an option. If we're going to be believers and followers of Jesus in that, we must obey. We must do what he wants. We must, when he says go, we must go. And it's interesting because we look back at this and, and God says here, this, is, this would have been real news to Ananias because um, God was talking about, I want to send him to nations beyond, beyond Jerusalem to share the gospel. I mean, Jews, Jews had trouble with this. They wrestled with this after this situation and that when people wanted to do it, that it was a big thing for them to go, to even consider the fact that God might care about nations beyond themselves was a big thing for them to, to consider. And the great news that comes from this is in chapter 20, it says, Paul... Soon he began to go into the synagogues and tell people about Jesus. He began to go into the synagogues and tell people about Jesus. He told people, Jesus is the Son of God. All the people who heard Saul were amazed. And they were amazed because they, they wondered at, this is the guy who's been persecuting the church this is the zealot, this is the fanatical, radical guy who got the letters from the high priest to uh, drag people off to prison and have them tortured and have them murdered. This is the guy who, uh, you know, was an absolute fanatic. And here he is suddenly doing a flip-flop and about face. And suddenly he's talking about the guy who is there, the way, the, the Jesus, who is there to undermine, to tear down the kingdom, to uh, destroy any, uh, any knowledge of, to arrest and remove any followers of. Suddenly he's talking about this guy, Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? What a great way to end this story. And as we go on, as we read in that, we read that Paul did go through many, many things himself. I mean, and, and God says up here, I'll, I'll be telling him he's about to go through a lot. He's caused a lot of damage. He's going to go through a lot of damage himself. And, uh, you know, he, Paul later, later on accounts the fact that he was shipwrecked numerous times. He was stoned. He was uh, beaten. I think it was four times, uh, given 40 lashes minus one because they believed that 40 lashes would kill a person. So they took one off for good behavior. So I think he had that done to him four times. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned. Uh, he was shipwrecked, I think, once or twice. He was uh, marooned um, at sea overnight and through the day. And, and he just... You know, he was hunted by Jews. He was hate, hated by God's people even on, on occasions and that. And, and he just gives list and list and list of things that he went through for the kingdom. And yet he went through it. He was obedient. And when it came to the end, he was crucified himself. He paid the ultimate price himself and died an agonizing death. 
but he did it gladly, willingly, because Jesus had come into his world. The way had come into his world. The one who he was trying to erase any memory of had come into his world. The one who he effectively despised and despised his followers had come into his world. And so the, my final thought is, if Paul can do it, can we? Can we take Jesus out with us? Can we tell people about Jesus? What do you think? You think we can? I can give you some good news. You probably won't be shipwrecked. You may not be stoned. You may not suffer floggings, beaten with rods, or any of that stuff, though you will no doubt suffer other ways. But the reward will be worth it. The reward will be worth it. So it's a nice encouraging word today. I mean, if you look at it, it it is. God moves. He had a plan for someone who was so far away from Him. That gives me hope. You know, sometimes I think I really muck up in God. But, I, you know, I look at this and I go, if God can have a plan for Paul, He can have a plan for Dino. And the cool thing is He can have a plan for you too. And He's got a plan for you, a great plan for every one of you. So even though it's a challenging word, it's a challenging piece of the Bible, it's an exciting piece as well. I'll pray. Father, we thank you for this story of Saul who became Paul. Thank you, Father, that it's a story of hope. It's a story of how you took someone who uh, despised you, despised Jesus, despised your church, despised your followers. And yet you had a plan for him and you had a plan not only for him, but for other nations to come to know you through him. Thank you that you have the ability to turn around someone's someone's downsides and make them positives. That you can turn things like this around and use it against powers of darkness to bring about your kingdom. Help us. Help us to share about you. Be with us as we take those steps, have those conversations with people. Be with everyone here through this week. May you give us people to speak to this week. I just pray, bring people across our paths who need to hear about you, need to hear about your love, need to hear about the miracles you can do in lives. Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. That's great. Hey, uh, 